It hadn't rained in Israel for one entire year. No clouds in the sky, no water in the well. Gardens did not grow and rivers ran dry. The people were thirsty and scared. They pleaded with one voice, Oh God, give us rain. When God didn't answer right away, some feared he had forgotten them. Then they remembered something. They remembered someone. In the book, The Circle Maker, we read of the legend of Honey. If you haven't read the book, I personally recommend it. He was known as the Rainmaker. Hardly anyone had seen his face. People would travel for days just to hear Honey praying inside his hut on the outskirts of Jerusalem. Like Elijah, who ended a three-year drought with one prayer, Honey was famous for praying for rain. The people were so desperate for water that they asked Honey to pray. They led Honey into the city. As the crowd grew larger, children climbed on the shoulders of their fathers to see what would happen. And that is when it happened. Honey bowed his head and extended his staff to the ground. He began to turn. He turned all the way around until he stood inside the complete circle he had drawn. He dropped to his knees saying, Sovereign Lord, I say before your great name that I will not leave this circle until you have mercy upon your children. History shows that a single raindrop fell from heaven and then thousands from the air. But Honey was still kneeling, still praying. He said, Not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain that will fill cisterns, pits, and caverns. The sprinkle turned into such a downpour that the Israelites had to run to higher ground. Children danced in the downpour. It was the day thunderclaps applauded. It was the day puddle jumping became an act of praise. It was the day the true legend of the circle maker was born. The circle maker taught them the power of prayer. From that day forward, they circled the sick. They circled the sad. They circled the young. They circled their dreams. They circled their fears. And most importantly, they circled the promises of God. Isn't it amazing that it all started with a prayer warrior that was willing to address his immediate circle? I'm reminded of Acts chapter 5 when Peter was ministering and the other disciples they were impacting their immediate circle. Matter of fact, the Bible says they would line the sick up on the streets just to let Peter walk by them so his shadow could touch them and they would be healed. What was it about that immediate circle? What was it about Peter's shadow that made such an impact? Well, I believe that something powerful happens and revival takes place when we focus on the immediate circle around us that God has placed us intentionally and specifically to make an impact. Guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan French. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Acts chapter 5 and Peter's shadow and what it means to make an impact on our immediate circle. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go.
guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to get to spend some time with you today as you drive or jog or whatever you're doing. Today we're going to jump into Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. We're going to read a little bit about Peter's shadow. I, I read this the other day and God really put it on my heart and I wanted to share it with you on the podcast today. Acts 5 and 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about them unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. So I want to focus in today on uh, making an impact uh, on your immediate circle, how God has placed people in your life that I don't know and that maybe your pastor doesn't know, maybe your youth pastor doesn't know them, but you know them and you can impact them. And God has placed them in your immediate circle to make a difference in their life. When I was praying about this the other day, um, this scripture just jumped out at me. And I thought, what an amazing thing that these disciples would literally, they would line them up in the streets. And by those that were there in their immediate circle, when the shadow would touch them, the Bible says they would be healed. Now, I want to talk about making an impact. Obviously, Peter and the disciples made a great impact on the world around them that day. Impact means the striking of one thing against another, forceful contact or collision. But the word impact, the word impact isn't always used in that context. Impact can also mean having an influence or an effect on something. Making an impact on the world doesn't always mean a forceful collision, but sometimes it simply means the influence and the effect that you're having on the immediate world around you. What kind of influence do you want to have on those around you in your immediate circle? Are you a positive influence or a negative influence? Either way, you're impacting the world around you for better or for worse. In Acts chapter 5, there's a scripture, we just read it, uh, that paints a picture of Peter that I had never seen before. Peter, who denied Jesus, but was restored. Peter, who preached Acts chapter 2, verse 38 message and was given the keys to the kingdom. Peter, the bold and reactionary disciple that defended Jesus in the garden. There is no doubt that Peter had a unique and individual relationship with Jesus Christ. Sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad. Peter in scripture was very reactionary. He was very emotional. I was watching a fascinating um, uh, video by Brother Jerry Jones, one of my favorite preachers the other day, and he had said something that blew my mind. I'd never heard it before. There is a scripture in John that 
refers to Peter's denial of Christ. Like I said, not everything about Peter's relationship with Jesus was good. He had his good days and he had his bad days and he denied Jesus. And in scripture, there's a unique word that talks about the fire that Peter was sitting by on the day that he denied Jesus. And it's the only Greek word in scripture that refers to this fire as a charcoal fire. It specifically says it was a charcoal fire that Peter was sitting by. John is the only one in the Gospels that brings attention to this detail. And Brother Jones drew attention to the fact that the only other time that you see this Greek word that describes a charcoal fire is when Jesus was on the shores of Galilee. And he says, uh, Peter, if you love me, you know, feed my sheep. If you love me. And he's giving them, he's giving him this chance. And the Bible specifically says that the fire that Jesus prepared for Peter was a charcoal fire. In other words, John is using a specific Greek word to let us know that this was a charcoal fire, to let us know that Jesus recreated the atmosphere of Peter's denial. Peter, do you smell that charcoal? Do you remember last time? You sat next to a charcoal fire and you felt the heat and you and you smelled this smell. You were denying me. But now I've given you another chance. In other words, that charcoal fire meant, I know you denied me. Breathe in the air. It even smells like that day you denied me. Feel the warmth on your hands. You felt that, Peter, the day you denied me. But now you can do it right. Aren't you thankful that he's a God of second chances? I shared that with my wife, Rachel, and she said, how cool is it that God uses psychology to minister to Peter in that moment? What an amazing thing. I tell you that to remind you that Peter had a a relationship with God, and there is no doubt that he had his good days and his bad days, but he knew Jesus Christ. But now in Acts chapter 5, we see Peter in a different depiction. He's ministering, but he's not preaching. In Solomon's porch, believers were being added to the Lord. Scripture tells us that people had so much faith in God's healing power that day that they would line up on sick beds and couches in the streets. Acts 5 and 15 insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. What faith? Peter's shadow. The the sick were literally saying, you don't even have to touch me to pray for me. Just, just, just let your shadow overshadow me and I know I'll be healed. This is the kind of faith that's taking place in Acts chapter 5. Scripture says that Peter didn't even have to touch them. When his shadow hit them, they would be healed. And, and the Bible says they were all healed, not just those uh, that were hit by the shadow. But he was making an impact on the world directly around him. So here are two ways that Peter impacted the world that day. Look with me. First, Peter and the disciples focused 
on their immediate circle. Let me ask you a question. Who lives in your circle? Don't look somewhere else. Only you can reach your immediate circle. God placed you there for a reason. God placed you in your family for a reason. God placed you in your school and on your campus for a reason. Peter didn't look elsewhere to minister. He ministered where he was at. Have you ever heard the expression, grow where you're planted? It's such a true statement. Let God use you in your home, your school, your campus, and your job. But number two, Peter made an impact because he knew that his shadow was simply the evidence of the sun. My goodness. Let, let's talk about this, this shadow for just a minute, because obviously Acts chapter 5 is wanting to draw attention to this shadow, that Peter's shadow would touch them. I'm so fascinated by this concept. But think about it. The shadow is just evidence of the sunshine. Whew, my goodness. It, there could be no shadow if there were no sun. Shadows are only possible when light is present. Shadows only take place when somebody is exposed to the sun. The shadow had healing power because of the sun, not because of Peter. We know humility to be the life song of Peter. And so that relationship with the sun, the S. O-N, not just the S-U-N. We, we know this is his life song because he refused to take credit for the supernatural works of the Spirit of God. It was Peter that said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter always pointed to Jesus. God could trust Peter to be the object in which his shadow was manifested because he knew Peter would always point back to him. There's another scripture that talks about a shadow in Psalm chapter 91, verse 1. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Have you had contact with the sun lately? Are you making an impact on your circle? But see, the shadow, the, the power of the shadow is only for those who are in constant contact with the Almighty. It says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If, if you want to have power like Peter did on that day, you have to have contact with the Son, and you have to have a secret place. You have to have a prayer life. You have to have devotion with God when nobody's looking. The shadow is only for those that have a secret place. Peter was far from perfect but he had a secret place. Peter was, was far from using proper etiquette at all times. No, sometimes he was far from that. Sometimes he lacked faith, but he had a relationship 
with Jesus Christ. Are you making an impact on your circle? But see, look at this. Watch what happened when they focused on their circle. Look, Acts 5 and 16. Then came a multitude out of the cities round about them unto Jerusalem. You see that? They brought sick people from other cities when they decided to focus on their city. And that's when people from other cities and other towns were healed. Cities around them were drawn in when they focused on the sick that were already present in their city. You know, I'm often somewhat concerned when I see young ministers that want so bad to make a global impact, but they have no desire to make a local impact. That's a red flag to me. So many (laughs) of our generation, millennials, Generation Z, we're so caught up in the microphones and the, the stage and lights, and it's really all just smoke and mirrors if it's your focus. And we're so concerned about having an a national impact, having a worldwide impact. And listen, God wants to save our whole world, but God also wants your next door neighbor to be saved. Wouldn't it be a shame if you could reach somebody all in Madagascar, but you never ever talked to somebody about Jesus in your hometown when you were growing up? You know, do you think God would honor you spreading the gospel on massive platforms if you won't give somebody a Bible study at Starbucks. And here's what I've found. Most of the people that you see being used on a global scale, and I'm just going to throw some names out here, just I'll probably get in trouble, but you know, a perfect example here is somebody like Victor Jackson, Joe Campitella, Mark Brown, Josh Carson, all right, these are these are modern day heroes of the faith. Look at people like Paul Mooney and Anthony Mangan and oh my goodness, I could just name so many names, just heroes, Wayne Huntley, Lee Stone King. These are incredible men of God. And they all have one thing in common. They're not really concerned about being known nationally. They just want to impact the world directly around them. And when you impact your inner circle, God keeps expanding that circle. Because when you reach that first circle, they reach the next one and the next one. And the next thing you know, zoom out, look at the globe. The whole world is being reached by somebody who's not concerned about being global. They just want to make an impact on the world around them. Those are the people who make a difference all over the nation and all over the world. Let me close with this. We could make a great impact in the world if we would focus on the immediate circle God has given us in our world. You want to impact the world? Impact your world. And that is what will change the planet. It wasn't about Peter's shadow. It was about his relationship with God. And because of his relationship with God, he had an inner circle. And when the inner circle was reached, they came from other cities. 
Don't you want to see revival in your town? Don't you want to see revival in your church? I know I do. Well, guys, I'm so glad that you tuned into the podcast today. And I just feel so honored to get to spend time with you uh, every week like this. I've been asked, and I'm going to close out the show a little different today. I've been asked a few times what my favorite podcasts are. And so um, I've been asked so much about it that I decided that I wanted to share them with you. Uh, My top five favorite podcasts that I'm listening to right now are The Restorationist with Adam Shaw, Simplify with LJ Harry, To Be Determined by Devin Cunningham. This is where it starts with Brittany Scott and The Spirited Podcast with Eleni Young. And a bonus one just for you guys, Devote 365 by UPCI Youth Ministries comes out every single day, read by yours truly. Very honored and privileged to get to be a part of that ministry. So guys, let's pray together and let's pray that God will help us to make a global impact by making a local impact in our world. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are listening right now. I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that you would go with them. God, just like in Acts chapter 5, we want to impact our communities. We want to impact our immediate world around us. And God, I know that if you can help us to pray and have Bible studies and reach our family, our friends, our loved ones, that is when we're going to see worldwide revival all over the planet. We give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. It's always an honor. Be blessed, and we'll see you next week on Noteworthy.